I would encourage everyone to do a little research first because we're talking very high level about what homeschooling is, what it means to me, maybe what it meant to you, but really asking the questions, what does school mean for you? And is school serving you? Because you may discover that the school that you are in is not serving you. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Well, hello everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson here with the one, the only Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing good. What's new with you? Oh my goodness. So much is new. I mean, in the fall with schools, there's just so much is going on. And I wanted to take a moment to share a little bit about my older son, Kai's school. So he actually, this is relevant for today's topic because we're talking about homeschooling, but I tried to homeschool him or unschool him for a little bit during the pandemic at the height of the pandemic, really, because he's one of those kids that just doesn't fit into the traditional school system. In fact, if you remember, he was suspended his first week of first grade, not because he was being malicious, but because he was trying to poke holes in the rules and the framework and really try to understand where the boundaries were. So anyway, we found this amazing school for him here in the Bay Area. It's called Big Minds, and it is unlike any other school. In fact, I want to go there. It sounds so cool. So every semester, it's a small micro school. It's like 25 kids with like 14 teachers, a lot of whom come and go. And they're like our science teachers, like a Berkeley works at Berkeley Labs, like those kinds of presences, I guess if that's a word, within the school community. And so every semester, they pull all the kids on all of their interests. And these are very self-directed students. And so they have passions of their own. And so they pull the kids and then the teachers come together and create these unique classes based on the students' interests. So they've had classes on Japanese calligraphy. They had Russian language. They had wars and revolutions. They had a class on friendship, YouTube production, game design, all these fun and interesting things. I think one of the most popular ones right now is one called Mini Nations or Micro Nations, where the kids come together and create these countries and they have to think about about all the ins and outs of what it means to create a country, the rules and the population, the jobs and all this stuff. And the kids just love it, right? And I think about that versus my experience way back when I was a teacher, I taught fourth grade in a very traditional classroom setting and how different that environment was from what he's experiencing now through this very unique unschool micro school situation. And I know it's a lot of what you and I talk about all the time, and it's what we're passionate about. And it's going to be our focus on this episode today. We're going to talk about exactly what you're doing with your kids through homeschooling, because we've gotten a lot of interest and questions about how exactly you're running this business and homeschooling your kids, which is a minor miracle, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, no, super excited to have the opportunity to share and talk a little bit about it's been a little bit of a journey. But before we get into it, I just want to say, wow, Kai's school sounds so fun. And I totally want to go too. Is it a private school or is it a charter? It is a private school. Yeah, it's 25 kids in one location. I think they have a second location now in Pleasanton. It's a bit of a drive, but it's the first time he's ever been really excited to go to school every day. So I'm like, yep. I will pay that tuition all day long. Totally worth it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think we'll talk more about it, but really where I'm trying to get the kids to is a place like that, where it's a lot of self-direction, where the mindset of like my role is no longer teacher, but it's more of a mentorship role, which it sounds like it's kind of like that there, where they're really letting the kids decide like what their interests are. I love the polling thing. It's so much of like what we do. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Right. It's like, let's poll everyone on our team and ask them like, what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? Oh, what does this look like for us and things like that? So yeah, where should we start? I mean, I can start yeah. and chat about well, the yeah. Before we dive into homeschooling, I just want to say a quick word to our listeners. A big part of what makes this possible for Julie and for me and our families is real estate investing. We wouldn't be here today without our real estate investing journey and specifically passive investing through real estate syndications. I mean, we just couldn't. If we had all these rental properties where we were managing them ourselves, or even if we had property management and we had to be the ins and outs on a daily basis, it would just be too much. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing here today. So real estate has been a huge part of the journey. And so for all of our listeners out there who might be new to the world of real estate, and maybe you're just starting out trying to learn what this whole passive investing thing is all about so that maybe eventually you want to get to a point where you're homeschooling your kids as Julie does. And you'll hear definitely hear more about all of that here today. But if you're on that journey, a great place to start is to get a copy of our book. It's called Investing for Good. And we have a free hard copy for all of you. It'll really go through all the ins and outs, the process, what to expect, the benefits, the risks, all of that of real estate syndications. So just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book to get your free copy. All right. With that, now we're going to get to the good juicy stuff. So Julie, start by telling us, was homeschooling always something that you wanted to do with your kids? And tell us how old your kids are and tell us, was it always something that you wanted to do or was it something you sort of started to think about somewhere along the way? Yeah. So my kids now are 10, 9, and 7. And no, homeschooling was not something I always wanted to do. But it's interesting you brought up like the real estate component and how that is really how and what enables us to be able to do this is having another source of income, another stream of income that comes in. As I'm thinking now back on the journey, I think that's really when like it started was when way back now, six years, seven years ago now, almost eight years ago now, when my son, and I've told this story once or twice, but my son, when I was pregnant with him, they told me that he might not live past birth. And so that prompted my journey to where we all the things that we do today. But that was really the thing that prompted my journey. They told me that he had a kidney that wouldn't basically, it was like a defect and that he wouldn't live past birth. And so I went through this period of time where I sort of asking like, then we realized it wasn't him. Then they thought it was me. And I realized then at that point, like, what do I really want out of this life? And it was to spend time with my kids. And that led me on this journey to discover real estate, which then led me on a journey to discover that I didn't want active real estate and that I wanted passive real estate, which led me to find syndications. But that was really sort of the impetus, the thing that started all of the curiosity of like, how can I spend more time with my kids? But no, going back to the original question, homeschooling was never on my radar. I think I had an idea of what homeschooling was, but I didn't really know. And I pictured like people sitting out in a forest somewhere, just talking about random topics, not math, not science, not reading, but just like life stuff, I guess. 
Yes. And, and as I've done more research, I've realized that homeschooling is whatever you want it to be, whenever you want it to be, however you want it to be. And I've had to go on a journey to get to that place to discover that. But no, we were in the public school system for the first couple of years. And I was very active in school. I was with my kids all the time. Other kids in, in the school knew who I was and they would call me Miss Lamb. And I was just very active there. And then my older daughter is very academic. So she did very well in school. My younger daughter, not so much. And I think I've shared this with you before, but when I realized that school was going to be different for her was when we watched this video called Alive. Have you seen it? Did you ever watch it? No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. We got to watch this. I'll show you later tonight. I know we're seeing each other, but it's this short cartoon video, I think Pixar related or created and it's called Alive, no talking. And it's just a cartoon of a father and their child and how he gets up every day, goes to work, sends his child off to school. And his child is like drawing whatever figurines and happy faces and drawing pictures of trees. And he's happy. The child's very happy. And he comes home and the dad puts his hand on the thing and is like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing and crosses out all of his happy stuff, his trees and his hearts and all of these things. And he points at the numbers and it's like an arithmetic problem or a math problem, whatever. And over time, and they do this, the father gets up, goes to work, sends the kid off to school. And over time, you watch the cartoon, just the son just gets sadder and sadder and sadder. And the, he loses his color in his face. And at the end of the cartoon, it's like, he's just like hunting over like walking to school and just like completely unhappy. Anyway, you got to watch it, Google it. I showed that video to my daughter because I had a hunch that's that's how she felt. And this is the moment that I knew that she needed something different was she just started bawling. And she was probably four, I think at the time. And I knew at that moment resonated so much with that and that she has this creativity and this joy inside of her and this natural curiosity and natural joy and desire to learn that was actually being being crushed by the school system and the way the school system, typical school systems are set up. So not knowing how to help her, I put her into the public school system and thought, well, if I'm there by her side, I can help sort of shape her experience of school that might be different than what she's getting through the regular public school system. And then COVID hit. And then I was like, okay, public school is not going to serve her and us anymore. Maybe it's private school, maybe the smaller setting with eight students to one teacher scenario would really work for her to bring that curiosity, the attention that she would really thrive. And what I realized was that in traditional private school, not like the one that Kai's at, but a traditional private school that's similar to the setup of public school is no different really outside of that. <laughs> And that at the end of the day, it's still about control, right? That's what I've realized is that the regular school system yes. is about sit down, be mm -hmm. quiet. There's an authoritative mm -hmm. situation there, right? Where it's like, I'm the teacher. I stand up in the classroom. You talk when you raise your hand. You have to ask when you have to use the bathroom. And there's just a different we weren't getting to what I felt like was going to work for her. So we did that for the first year of COVID 2020, 2021. So then I thought, okay, 
This is when homeschooling, I was like, okay, we're going to try homeschooling. And the following year, which was last year, and I went on a path of trying to understand what does homeschooling mean? Do you just take your kids and you just do whatever you want with them? Or do I have to follow a curriculum? Or do they have to end? Do I have to follow sort of the milestones of things they're supposed to learn in whatever fourth, third, and first grade? Or what does this look like? And so I thought, okay, well, I guess I need to follow a curriculum. And so I went out there and got a curriculum to follow that was based on Waldorf educational philosophies. And it was great. And we did that, but it was still the same thing. It was still a position of I'm the teacher, you're the student. And so I realized that going through all of these private school, public school, homeschooling using a curriculum at the end of the day, was still very much in this mode of, I teach, you listen. You learn what I say we're going to focus on. And we were getting looser with the curriculum. Obviously, we had some bandwidth to flex and flow, but it still wasn't going there. This is a very long answer to your question of, no, this is great. (laughs) But yeah. But yeah, yeah, to your point about control, when I think back to my time as a classroom teacher, that was what we were taught. You know, I didn't go through the, I did teach for America, so I didn't do the traditional teacher certification, but still in the Teach for America boot camp, it was about classroom management. That's what they call it. Classroom management. You manage the children, you get them to do what you want so that you can get them to score at a certain level on the test so that the school can get the funding and this system, right? It's not about educational outcomes. It's not about the whole child. It's yeah. about none of that. When I think back to that time, I hate that I was part of that, but that was what teachers are taught. That's what success looks like in the traditional educational model, which is why teachers stand at the front of the room and they teach and students are there. And of course they're bored because everything that they see outside of those six or seven hours they spend in the classroom is completely different than what they experience in the classroom. They're like, how does this apply to my real life? They look at their parents and their family friends and nobody experiences this model on a day-to-day basis in the real world. And so it's a very outdated system. So I love that you went through this journey, sort of starting with where things have been and trying to push the boundaries a little bit. Like, what, what about this? Okay, no, that's not quite it. What about this? And just iterating through that, we talk about life by design, right? This is like education by design. You didn't take the default. You were like, okay, this part we need to tweak a little bit. Let's try this on for size. That's not quite right. Let's try this on for size. And so through that, you really discovered something, it sounds like, that works really well for you and your family. Yeah, it's still a journey. We haven't quite figured it out exactly. I think a lot of it too is that every child is different and one child may need that's what adds another layer of complexity for everyone out there who has multiple children that they might be thinking about homeschooling every child is different and my middle daughter she needs her space to be creative and she's got this strong sense of natural curiosity and then you've got my son who is sort of thrives in the order and the way the traditional school is set up so trying to navigate those waters too of like how do i give every 
child what they need in the way that they need it, in the way that I'm capable of giving it to them too. And all at the same time, <laughs> because we homeschool in one big room is a bit of a challenge. And how do you navigate that? A lot of it is being very close with your child and really listening to them and understanding what their needs are and listening to what they say their interests are and really watching their behaviors too is another way that we've sort of honed in on what works for one may not work for the other and what does this child need and how can we give that to them and satisfy what their needs are versus the other. So dig into that a little bit more because I'm sure our listeners are curious. Together, we run this successful business, right? We're helping thousands of investors all across the country. We've done 40 plus syndications at this point and we've got all this impact, right? We're doing that on the one hand, but you're also homeschooling on the other hand. So what does a day in the life of Julie (laughs) Lamb look like? And what is this homeschooling? You mentioned one big room, like paint a picture for us of what this actually looks like and how your day shakes out between the business and homeschooling. Yeah. So what it means is that you have to have firm boundaries on both ends, right? You cannot sort of roll into homeschooling time and vice versa. You can't roll into work time. And when I have to work, I have to work. And when I'm homeschooling, I have to homeschool. But being very clear sort of about how much time allocation you want to spend from one versus the other and how you're going to set up the day. So the way I have it set up is that I'm in Hawaii and I work in the early mornings, which is nine to 12 basically here. And I work in the early morning, six to nine over there in Hawaii. And then after that, I take a little break and then I'm with my kids. So then pretty much we spend another like, I don't know, four hours or so homeschooling. And that's pretty much what, and then they roll off into the afternoon and they're doing a lot of their other activities that they do sports and whatnot. But yeah, that's what the day looks like. So yeah. Okay. So when you roll into the homeschooling part of the day, what does that actually look like? Are your kids on opposite sides of the room working on their own projects? Do you come together and start with circle time? Do you, I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think before we talk about that, I think one thing that we've realized as we moved away from this curriculum that we were following I stumbled upon this idea of project-based homeschooling. And I actually didn't even know what unschooling was probably until like a month or two ago. And I just was like, this is what I mean. It's like a journey. Like I didn't even know what unschooling was. And then I discovered project-based homeschooling. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting because talk about the pain. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even get the words out because when people think of homeschooling, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it. That was last year for us trying to follow a curriculum, trying to get our kids to sit down and do the assignment and follow the thing within some flexibility, right? So there, it was different from regular school in that we had flexibility of travel and the curriculum. We could sort of flex around that. But at the end of the day, I was like realizing that we're like still doing the same thing that we were doing before. And so where it's this sort of authoritative position that I was taking, and I realized that that wasn't working for us and it wasn't working for the kids. So then I discovered project-based homeschooling, which is this idea that you're really is taking a bit of a mindset shift because you're no longer a teacher and you're really acting as a mentor or a coach, which I love to do. It's what we do 
in our business and the role that I play in our business. And you're really just there to help facilitate their curiosities, their ideas, their passions, and things that they want to do. And so we decided to jump into project-based homeschooling this year. And one of the books that was super helpful to help us understand, well, what does project-based homeschooling look like is a book called Project-Based Homeschooling by Lori Pickert. So if anyone, we'll put that in the show notes, but that was such a good book for me to understand because I think that's the biggest question that I get is like, what does homeschooling look like for you guys? And now I talk about the project-based piece of it being a big piece of what we do. So I've evolved into project-based, so we're no longer following a curriculum. But now because we're doing project-based, which means that we just have the kids dictate what their interests are, and then we roll with these projects. So our day has now been sort of created by our interests and things that they want to do. And so math is something that the all three of my kids still are very much interested in. And so for that piece of it, we follow a curriculum. And so they start the morning off doing math because the morning is when the mind is at its best. And math is probably one of those things that's better off you're doing in the morning. So they do math. And then when I get off of work, that's when we roll into the project-based piece of it. And so the project based is then we all sit down in a circle. So it's not like I sit down in front of them and I'm standing and they're sitting and they raise their hand and all of that. It's really like having a conversation between all three of us. And sometimes my older one will be like, well, today for my project, I want to work on science. And so she'll go off and do her science thing. And then the other two, I'll sit with just the two of them. And we'll start a conversation, one of them about their interests around jewelry making, let's say. And then the other child will chime in and start contributing to the conversation around the other's interests. And they'll just have this open collaborative conversation around jewelry making. And what does it mean? And how might one child be able to help the other if one child's working on a project? And so there's a lot of collaboration in the day and a lot of sort of sharing thoughts and ideas and really letting each of the children, no matter their age, be the leader in the conversation if it's their expertise, right? Which traditionally it's not that way. It's like, well, the older you are, you're the leader, right? Where kids that are seven might know more about a certain topic than a 10-year-old might know and have so much value to offer. And so that's how we kind of like set up that piece of it. And then beyond the project base, I mean, we do Mandarin classes, again, following their interests. This is what they want to do. So they do an online one-on-one tutoring with a Mandarin teacher. And then we also do my funnest part, the part that I enjoy so much is I've integrated an entrepreneur lab and also an investing lab into our week. And so we spend about an hour for each once a week and where we talk about sort of what does it mean to be an entrepreneur and what does it mean to be an investor? And what does it look like, each of these different things? And so, again, circle time, we all sit around and they take notes because they want to, not because I tell them you should take notes. But yeah, that's kind of like what our days look like. We do have one day in the middle of the week. And for any homeschooling parents out there that are considering homeschooling, maybe you're not homeschooling already, it's kind of like a break in our week. So, once a week, every Wednesday, my kids go off to a science, like an outdoor science exploration day where they spend the whole day, this is in Hawaii, and they spend the whole day outside hiking and looking at worms and fish and just doing a lot of like outdoor, getting their hands dirty with like science and outdoor stuff. But, and it gets nice because it gives my husband and I a break in the week. But yeah, that's kind of like what our days look like. But the one thing I guess I could say too, is that what I've learned is that homeschooling is not just 
like between the hours of nine to two every day. And when I talk about it being a mindset shift, it's really, we talk all the time. Anytime that I see a learning opportunity, like my child will ask a question when I'm cooking dinner, we're homeschooling to me. That's homeschooling. She'll ask like, well, mom, what does an asset mean? What does a liability mean? What does that look like? As I'm like cutting vegetables, right? And we'll talk about what do you think it means? I always lead with that because I want to gauge like sort of what do they understand so far? And you would be so surprised how much kids know already intuitively about stuff. And so that's what I realized too, is that homeschooling isn't like it is with regular school where it's like nine to three and that's when you learn. And then anything outside of that other than homework is like not learning time when there's so much to learn. So yeah. Yes. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. You're right. It it takes a simple but massive mindset shift that kids are humans. Humans are built to learn. That's Mm -hmm. what we just naturally do. We don't have to force it. The school system is all about trying to force you to learn, believing that, oh, if we don't have schools, people wouldn't learn. But it's not true. People naturally want to learn at all ages and all stages. And so much of what I heard you say in describing your day is we don't force the kids to do anything. We don't stand in front of them. We don't have enact these rules or these frameworks. We let them do what they want. And the result is that they naturally follow their curiosities and thus they're more self-directed and they're more into whatever it is that they choose. And through that, you can teach them everything that they need to learn. They can discover it on their own, which means that they're going to internalize that all that much more because it's meaningful to them. 
Yeah. And so it's interesting, though, too, like when you think about where the future is heading for kids mm-hmm. too, and in terms of job opportunities and what kids need to know. And it's no longer like they need to know how to work on a line and like the industrial revolution, like it's different. And how kids are going to thrive in the future is on creativity and taking initiative and learning how to work together on teams and collaborate and respecting others opinions and ownership and all the stuff we talk about at Good Egg. And so if kids aren't given a place to do that, they're going to end up getting left behind when the jobs come online in the next 10, 20 years they're going to be working at. So yeah. Absolutely. Now, before we move on, I want to ask a sort of a more logistical question that may be on some of our listeners' minds, especially those who may not yet homeschool, maybe thinking about it. What about the logistical side of things? Like, do you have to report into the state or a school or do your kids have to take certain tests or what about down the road when they go to middle school or high school? Like, (laughs) it's crazy. Yes, this is such a good question. It's one that I had as well. I was like, what do you do? Do you have to tell somebody that you're going to keep three kids at home and not send them to school? And the answer is yes. Well, the answer is it depends on what state you live in. In California, you are required to file and there's a little window of time. We just passed it between, I think, October 15th, I think, sometime between the 15th and the 30th when you have to report that you're going to homeschool your kids. But it's just as simple as filling out a form and saying, I'm going to homeschool. They say, what's the name of your homeschool? Yeah. What is the name of your homeschool? I'm I'm homeschool. You know me. So when I did this, because I did this for a year and we called ours Quantum Spark Academy. Of course you did. Of course you did. (laughs) This is why. Okay. For all the listeners out there anything remotely creative in our business like the name of our company the name of the life and money show oh. all annie because if it was up to me it'd be like i don't know the podcast about life or something boring yeah. but yeah it's crazy because there is nothing to really do it depends again on what state you live in in terms of like testing and reporting and things like that but in california there was nothing as far as i can remember especially for elementary ages there wasn't anything I needed to do. So yeah. Did you find that there was something else? Maybe I missed it. I don't know. (laughs) No, No, I think there was like loose attendance records you were supposed to keep or something, but yeah, I didn't keep any of those. Oh gosh. I I did not do that at all. But I mean, like you're homeschooling every single day. So it's not like one day you would just not talk to your kids and not, not engage with them. Right. It's like every single day there's school. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to transition before we wrap the show and talk a little bit about, okay, for anybody who might be listening, who's like, this all sounds amazing. I would love to do this someday. Yeah. But maybe right now they're working a full-time job. They don't have the capacity to do something like this, but they still want their kids to sort of learn, maybe especially what you were talking about with Entrepreneur Lab and Investing Lab, get some of the basics, especially around things that they don't teach in a traditional classroom setting. Is there something, talk a little bit about maybe what we do with Money Wise Kids. How can they help their kids to better prepare for the future? Yeah, you know, it's tough. I mean, I think, well, first of all, I think it's just even backing it up a little bit is asking yourself the question. I would encourage everyone to do a little research first because we're talking very high level about like what homeschooling is, what it means to me, maybe what it meant to you at one point, but really asking the questions of like, what does school mean for you? And is school serving you? Because you may discover that the school that you are in 
is not serving you, but the, you may discover that there's options like the school that you're in because you guys went on a journey trying to find a school. And I still remember oh, yeah. when you first moved, the first thing you said was the thing that I'm so excited about is that there's this school for Kai. And mm-hmm. so just back it up a little bit, because I think before we yeah. jump into like, is homeschool, like how do we homeschool or how do we get the feed that opportunity that we think is there is really asking yourself the questions of like, is school serving me? Am I in the right place? Is it even homeschooling? Because maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. And it is huge undertaking to do. And while you may think, oh, I wish I could do that and I have a job, maybe it's not what's right for you and your kids either. So doing the research, reading some books and really asking some great questions will help you get through that. I think some other ways, if you have kids who are in school and you're thinking, wow, these all of these topics are great. And I'd love for my child to start experiencing some of these things. A couple things. One is, and I know I've talked to you about it. I don't know if you ever got your kids enrolled, but is a program called Synthesis. And I stumbled upon this on a Facebook ad because they're listening to us out there, probably talk (laughs) with you about something. And then all of a sudden my Facebook and it's basically a once a week class that was a pulled from a portion of a larger school system at Astro, which was created for SpaceX parents' children. Right. Is that right? Yeah. It's the children of the parents that worked at SpaceX. So Elon Musk. And Synthesis is the most popular part of Ad Astra as the school that was created for Elon Musk's kids. And they plucked Synthesis out because it was the most popular part of the school. And now they run this program. And it's amazing. I mean, I can't say enough about all of the things that we just talked about, like taking initiative, right? Learning how to collaborate with team members, taking ownership, responsibility of the things that your contributions, figuring out how to navigate through difficult problems and how do we work together with teams to navigate difficult problems is all the stuff that they teach you at Synthesis. And it's pretty cool because they have a kid's program. And then they also do it for the parents too. I actually did a class one night and with other parents and was just really interesting because you almost have to be a child again in that setting, but with all the stuff that you know now as an adult and how to work together in teams, it was interesting to watch how other parents what role they choose to step in, but I digress. The synthesis is a good option for parents to look at lots of different time zones. They have kids from all over the world who participate and play. And so my kids do that once a week, but they also have tons of 20 plus other classes that they can do that are, again, all focused on helping the child learn how to work together on teams, finding their voice, ownership, and all of these things. So that's a good place is jump into the synthesis community and all of their classes. They also have a school school that's a part-time school called Astronova, which is also a part of the Elon Musk you know, world. Joshua Don is the name of the guy who started all of this. And so my oldest daughter, it's for kids, I think 10 to 13. It's a very small window, but they have all kinds of classes there too. You could do a part-time class. I don't know time-wise if it would work. I think it does because I think it's after school hours in Pacific time. For us, it's during school hours. But in Astronova, like my daughter is taking a planetary science class and she's working with a doctor who used to work at NASA and that's her teacher. And so she's learning all about crazy stuff that is way beyond her knowledge and interest when she first said she wanted to get into planetary science. And there's other kids in there who know more than the teacher does about the planets. 
it's wild. But think about where we're, if you join the school, how we're immersing kids, my child in a room with kids that are much smarter, right? You never want to be the smartest person in the room. So that's the first thing I told her when she felt discouraged. I, says, I said, if all of those kids or you think they're smarter than you and they know more than you, then you're in the right place. So, so she has that. And she's also taking class on Bitcoin and crypto, which is you got to learn about this stuff, right? Like we, you and I are still learning about Bitcoin and crypto, but it's something that kids, I believe in the younger generation need to know about. So anyway, Astronova is another place to go. Synthesis is a place to go. Money Wise Kids is an offering that we have because of all of these things that we're talking about and the need for children to learn about money and finance, open up that conversation more loosely than it has been for our generation. And also to talk about entrepreneurship. So we launched Money Wise Kids earlier this year, and it's been so much fun to have the kids. It's only unfortunately open to our investors and their kids. But if you're interested in or have been thinking about becoming an investor with us, then just be aware that this is another thing that we offer to our community of investors. It's something that we're toying with maybe opening up to not just investors, kids, but to others as well. But through Money Wise Kids, we want to open the conversation around entrepreneurship too. Like that's been a big focus for us over the last couple of sessions that we've done. A lot of kids are interested in being entrepreneurs, but they don't know where to start. They don't know what it looks like. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? What does it mean to be a W-2? When might you want to do one over the other? What are the risks in being an entrepreneur? Things like that. Those are the topics we talk about. So yeah, those are some of the places you might go. Another place also is OutSchool. We've taken a number of classes throughout school. Really great teachers on there. Look at the reviews. It's real valid feedback. I feel like they're on OutSchool as well, but they've got entrepreneur classes. They've got classes on finance. I don't think I've seen a class on real estate investing. So we might want to hop on and do a <laughs> there you go. class on out school too. But those are some other resources that if you have a child who's in regular school, but you want them to get exposure to some of this other stuff that we're teaching, that's another place to go as well. Well, for all of our listeners, we'll have all those resources for you in the show notes. And I just wanted to add one last note before we roll into the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round, but that clearly, right, you and I went through traditional schools yeah. and we've been able to find success outside of the traditional career path. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's not possible. So yeah. if my younger son right now, he's in traditional schools and we may or may not keep him there. We don't know, but it's not like it's necessarily bad or wrong or anything like that. It's just, you have to find the best fit for your child. And you and I, we had to do a lot of unlearning, right? To shed all the things that we learned from traditional schools in order to get into that place where we could be successful entrepreneurs. And so to the extent that you can give your children that head start, whether it's through homeschooling or whether it's through these supplemental experiences and classes and online experiences, then that will just give them that one step up as they transition eventually into the quote, the real world, right? Yes. All right. Well, with that, we, I know we've covered a lot of ground. Hopefully all the listeners, hopefully you've gotten some really good nuggets from this conversation. And we love talking about this stuff. So if you guys enjoy this episode, we'll definitely dig in further on future episodes as well. But before we wrap up, we're going to roll into the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. We're going to ask I get the chance to answer this. That's right. We're going to turn the tables around and ask Julie the three questions she normally asks others. You ready, Julie? I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. All right. First question, share with us one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. 
Well, I think it's a lot of what we've been talking about here today. It's about making space for Julie as an adult and a woman and a career woman, right? And deciding that I want to own a business and run a business together with you, my wonderful partner, and make an impact. And I get to do that and work amongst people that are way smarter than me. So I follow my own advice. Everybody on our team at Good Egg is so amazing. And I'm so honored every day that I get to work alongside all of you guys. But then also being intentional about making time, like I talked about earlier, when I found out that my son was sick or that they so they thought, being intentional about spending time with my kids and my family. And so part of that is homeschooling and me wanting to take the initiative of schooling my kids. And so I think that just the way that we've set up our lives is a big piece about the intention. And the life by design piece, we kind of live between Hawaii and San Francisco and LA for the last like year or so. And I think that'll probably continue. So yeah, it's about being in different places for different reasons that make you happy and committing to that and figuring out how can we make it work? Because some people might think, how do you do that? What does it look like with three kids? But making that work and being intentional about that too, it's been another way. Yeah, it's been so fun watching you intentionally evolve and your life and try these new things. I still remember we talk about it all the time. The first conversation we had where I had just quit my job and you were like, but how? How did you do that? And I think in some ways you felt like you were stuck. Right. You had to keep doing this thing until you reached a benchmark. And then once that gate opened for you, it was like all bets are off. Okay. Now, like all these other things are open. And as you ventured into homeschooling, it was never settling, which is one of our core values, right? Never settle. Always look for how you can improve. And it's been so much fun and such an honor to be by your side to watch you through this journey. And I can't wait to see where you go next. All right. Second question. Now share with us a life or money hack that has helped you on your journey that you think will help others. Oh gosh. Catching me off guard. I wasn't even expecting to go through my own interview that I do on everybody else. (laughs) I guess it's funny because now we've what, how many episodes I've heard so many answers to this, so many really good ones. But I think one of the best things that I think I've done over the last year has been finding time to think and finding time for just sitting and being. We are human beings. I don't know if you remember, was it Coach T who <laughs> taught us that? He's like, we're human beings, right? right? human doings. And I've always been all about the hustle, the go, 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 never stops, doesn't matter. I don't care if I'm tired, I push, I go and I go hard. And you probably remember the evolution of me trying to get here through all the coaching that we did over the years with Coach T. But that's something that I've integrated over the last year in a very real way where I find time now to just sit and be. And I didn't even know if you asked me five years ago or even three years ago, like, do you ever find time? to just sit and be. It was like, gosh, no, I can't remember. 10 years, 15, maybe 20. The last time I sat on a couch and just stared off into space, not looking at my phone and not doing anything, but just sitting and just being. And that has been such a game changer for me over this last year, which then gives me the space and the energy that I need to do all of the things that we've been talking about on the show. But if you make time to just be even for 10 minutes, start small once a day or a few times a week, start there and you'll find a lot more peace that will then bring happiness into other areas of your life as well. So 
Yeah, it's that processing time. And Bill Gates talks about it's that CPU time. Even computers need time to rest and process. So of course, human brains, we need that time. And sometimes the best ideas come from that thinking time. So that's wonderful. That's a great hack. All right, last question. Share with us one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place. Well, a couple things. One thing is, and I know a lot of our guests that we've had on the show say this as well, and I love this answer because I think it's so much of how we're going to change the world is by investing in our kids, which is so much of what we've been talking about today here on the show is how do we invest in our kids and how do we make our kids good human beings, good people who respect other people who add value. That's another thing we didn't talk about, but is always teach my kids, like, think about what your value is. That's your gift. Like Encanto, like the movie for any parents out there of younger kids. I always tell them that figure out your value and give it back to the world because that's how the world's going to be a better place. There's so much of what we talk about here on the show too. And so, yeah, giving back by making the kids the best humans that they can possibly be. And the last thing is something that we have prioritized at Good Egg over the last year. It's been a huge push for us and something that we've been talking about for years. And last year, finally got to open it up and start this process through our Good Egg Gifts program. Through Good Egg, we donate a portion of all of our proceeds, all of our income that Good Egg generates to charities that are important to not just us, but to our investors as well. And really listening to the things that are meaningful for them and partnering with them to donate through the work that we do, the investments that we make through Good Egg. So we've got a couple that we donate to, but one that's been very near and dear to our hearts as well as our investors is around human trafficking. And we've donated quite a bit. I would say out of our pool of money that we've donated over the last year, a significant portion of it has gone to human trafficking efforts. It's something that I actually didn't know a whole lot about, which is crazy because it's just happening right under our nose and we have no idea. And once you do a little research and you find out what's actually going on in the world as it relates to human trafficking, it's just really heartbreaking. I think where I first learned about actually was at UPW was Tony Robbins. If you remember, he did a matching donation thing where he Mm -hmm. educated was about human trafficking and then was doing a matching thing. And it was really sad to learn about. So anyway, that's a way that we give back. And it's certainly something that we were continuing to do in 2023 and something that we will will grow over time into more and more. We have lots of things that we're working on on that front, but yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, it's reminding me of a Rumi quote that says, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. Yeah. And it's through investing in ourselves and our families. I mean, think of who we were as people, you and I were as people when we started this whole journey and who we are today. We are not the same people. (laughs) And so we changed ourselves and look at all this ripple effect of impact that we've been able to have with our families, with our investors, with the greater community now through all these nonprofit organizations. It's just wild. And it all starts here with us as individuals. And so for all of our listeners, start with yourself and start see what you can do to just focus on yourself, that thinking time that Julie was talking about to get more peace and more energy in your life and your day so that you can then go and impact others. But for anybody listening who wants to join us in our journey and perhaps invest alongside us in these real estate syndications that we offer or to learn more about Money Wise 
wise kids or good egg gives, go to our website, goodegginvestments.com. You'll find everything you need there. And we invite you to join our investor club. You can just go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest. All right. With that, thank you, Julie Lamb, the co-founder and CEO of Good Egg Investments. Julie, thank you so much for sharing all your insights about homeschooling and life by design with our listeners today. Thanks so much. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 